You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness, and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness, and physiology right now. In this episode, Dr. Nader meets with a group of young international leaders and answers questions on creating real and lasting peace in the world. We are going live now all around the world. We're very happy to be with you. And we do have uh, students from all around the world joining us. We have Maharishi International University students, several people from Italy. We have questions that are coming in already. Welcome, Dr. Nader. Thank you. Congratulations for this summit. It's a joy to be with you. It's wonderful to have you, and you're such a nice fit for this summit because one of the goals of Villaggio della Pace is promoting a dialogue with youth on peace. So what are your suggestions to the next generation in regard to approaching or aligning with world leaders, like uh, the, the rest of the people in this session, in regard to making an effective change? It's very important to recognize that peace starts within the individual. So when we are focusing on creating peace in the outside between nations, between peoples, we have to realize that it is individuals who are the unit and the essence of peace. If we don't have peace within ourselves, then how can we create peace in the outside world? And different leaders are of different aspects of planning for peace in terms of meetings, in terms of assemblies. You know, the United Nation was created after the Second World War. And before that, other associations and organizations have been created uh, many times after conflicts so that there will be no war anymore and no conflict anymore in the world. Yet, it is all based on trying to create treaties and trying to create connections with different countries, uh, even in the field of understanding peace. And ultimately, we see that this has not fully brought out the result or created the result that is needed. So between younger and older, there can be a difference. There is uh, experience in the older. There is dynamism of the future in the younger generation. And we see this in different, different levels of society where differences can be there and can actually be seeds of issues and seeds of problems. Different cultures, different traditions, different ways of understanding each other, of hopes. Uh, some are more in the past. They want something stable and strong. Some want something to progress and grow. So there is conservatism, there is progressive feelings. Some look into becoming creators. Some uh, want to create uh, something that has already been established and maintain it. So there are these differences on the surface level of life. And peace ultimately is that level which is non-changing, which can unify differences. So where is that secret that can unify and uphold 
all differences. It is only available in the field which itself does not change, which is itself a field of infinite peace, and that is the field of pure consciousness, pure awareness. See, even in physics today, we have discovered that underlying all the outer expressions of life, underlying all the differences in the manifest aspect of creation, and these differences, as we said, can be so many and can be a cause for conflict because there is a fear that what are the values of the other, be it in belief, be it in tradition, be it in expectation, be it in future versus past, present, etc., conservatism versus progressive attitudes, all of these differences can be a seed for conflict. But all these differences come from a unified field of natural law. If we look into physics, we find that the whole apparent and surface level of the dynamism of creation, of manifestation of the objects, are based on more elementary particles. You know, take any object and look at it. What is it made of? It is made out of molecules. Ultimately, molecules are made out of atoms. Atoms are made out of elementary particles. And then scientists have found that there are fields that construct these elementary particles, fields of energy. And they can appear as electricity, magnetism, weak forces, gravitational forces. But then as you dive deeper and deeper in nature, you find that these fields are more and more unified. For example, we know that electricity and magnetism are one and the same electromagnetic field appearing in different ways. And so the scientists have been able to unify deeper and deeper aspects of nature and to contemplate now one field, which is called the unified field of all the laws of nature, which is the source of all other fields leading to all kinds of differences on the surface. And that is what the ancient tradition called the field of consciousness, in particular, the Vedic tradition that has brought out this transcendental meditation, the yoga techniques, the mind techniques that help to go back to the self and establish oneself in the self and experience within oneself that unified field, that field of pure awareness, pure consciousness. And once we know that directly, not just intellectually, but we directly experience it, we gain inner peace, we gain inner strength, we gain inner creativity and intelligence that can then act and think towards the outside in accordance with the laws of nature that manage the entire universe. So whether we are old or new, what we need to do is go back to the self first. Don't look for peace outside. We look for peace within and establish peace within ourselves, and then we radiate peace in society. And scientific research has shown that when a small number of people practice transcendental meditation, go back to themselves, transcendental meditation means to transcend, means to go beyond the changing values, beyond the values that are source of conflict to the value that is non-changing, the value of awareness, in its pure form, pure consciousness. And then we find the common ground for progress and at the same time 
for laws of nature. Laws of nature means laws that construct the universe, and they are conservative in the sense that they are always the same. They are invincible, non-changing. There are laws that create change and manifestation, but themselves, the laws are non-changing. And therefore, we have this extremely conservative aspect of nature, which is the aspect of the laws being well-defined and non-changing. And we have this extremely progressive, advancing aspect of nature, which is always evolving in greater and greater waves of fulfillment, greater waves of discovery, greater waves of higher awareness and understanding. So this infinite progressive value and infinite conservative value are not a contradiction. It's only something we have to find within ourselves. And as we find it, whether we are old or new, whether we are leaders for 50, 60, 70 years in the world, or we are young and wanting to go out and change the world and make all these people understand what reality is, what we have to do is first establish it within ourselves know it within ourselves, and use this as a platform, a springboard for development and growth and dynamism and change, but in tune with the laws of nature, in tune with the evolutionary power of life. So go back to the self, transcend, and then act. That is the solution. And when you deal with more experienced individuals in society, then learn from them their wisdom, their experience about the laws of nature and teach them and guide them towards new technologies, new progress, and know this to be a field of oneness that has both silence, non-change, and yet is the source of all change in perfect balance towards a society that is dynamic, creative, but totally harmonious. What a wonderful answer. And again, you talk more about that in your Consciousness is All There Is podcast, but you hit on the idea that we have both young people with us today and those who have been around for a while. So Dr. Tony Nader, I know you can hopefully stay with us for a bit. I think we have more questions coming in for you. Thank you. Uh, and Dr. Nader, I know it's your life's work to actually help remove conflicts in society. And your, your goal is to have higher values and goals become a priority. Is there something realistic that people watching could do to create a positive change? And, and your reaction to the thought of violence, if you'd like to share that. See, we have to uh, think of a new paradigm if we want a new situation. The old things that have been usually used and if they have failed, I think we have to start thinking what is the reason why we are not coming to success. On the surface level, obviously, if you give every individual a chance to evolve, if they are peaceful within themselves, if they are acting in accordance with the laws of their society, of their country, if they have opportunities, if they don't feel that they are being, you know, abused or misrespected and, you know, all of these things that we know about that maybe are the cliches that have been alluded to, then you would expect more balance and less conflict. 
I feel what is needed is for the collective consciousness to be improved. And that is something which might not be tangible in the sense that what is consciousness already, that is a big question. It is difficult from a scientific perspective to analyze what is consciousness, but we know that this is the most important aspect in our own life. Because if we don't have consciousness, for example, you're under anesthesia, then you don't care what's going on either in your society <laughs> or to yourself or your body or anything because you're not conscious. So we analyze things, we see things, we experience things, we dream about things, we make decisions about things through awareness, through consciousness. And normally we have been thinking that consciousness is either you are conscious or you are not conscious or you are sleeping or you are dreaming. So there are different states of consciousness. What we have studied and we have shown is that consciousness, and we know this, it's obvious, can be different for different times, different individuals, different clarity, different depths. Even ourselves, when we wake up and have had a good night's sleep, then we are more clear, then we can see things more clearly and make the right decisions. But if we are tired and fatigued and afraid and the media is bombarding us with things that create fear, then we are afraid. Naturally, we feel as if we are back in the jungle. And in the jungle, it activates the limbic system, the lower parts of our nervous system, and get us into a fight or flight response. So as if these are the only two alternatives. And flying away is, doesn't seem right because we want to have things achieved. And then what is the other solution? The other solution appears to be as if it is go ahead and fight. And that is where you can say, I cannot but justify that violence is the fight towards my rights. However, I would really call this a basic response due to situations and circumstances that are forcing the individual to act because there is no other choice. Now, there is another choice. There definitely is another choice, and it's a scientific choice. And that choice is to develop the full potential of the individual. You know, it's like saying, go back to yourself. Well, it sounds like I am flying away, I am running away, and therefore I'm not being responsible. But actually, if you take your time, go back to yourself, activate the full potential that we have as human beings and use that in a creative way, it is certainly possible to find solutions that do not require violence. That is using the higher aspect of our reality as human beings we have that other aspect also, the aspect of fighting and all of that. It's part of us. But there is a higher aspect. The higher aspect is raise our consciousness, use our full potential. Every human being has huge potential. You know, in the different religions that we have and it's honored to have, you know, it's been said humans are created in the image of God. In the Veda, it's been said we are totality, we are Brahman. In the uh, Christian tradition, the kingdom of heaven is within you. In the Islamic tradition, consider yourself to be an atom in which the whole universe has folded itself. And it says that the angels bowed down when the humans came. You know, it sounds like I'm talking science and suddenly I jump to religion because that is wisdom. 
And what we want to say is all this wisdom throughout the ages attributes to the humans a very high level of reality. And that is because we have a nervous system that allows us to have higher level of consciousness, therefore to be able to make right decisions and to be able to have a collective consciousness that is conducive to peace. That is something that is very important also. In the same way as we have individual consciousness, the society has a collective awareness, a collective consciousness. If the individuals in the society are stressed and tense and fearful, then the collective consciousness is a collective consciousness of stress and strain and fear. And in that state, like the individual going to the fight or flight response using only the lower part of the brain, knowing the actual instinctive part of protecting ourselves, which is important and necessary, but is not enough for human society. For human society, we have to use the higher intelligence and we have to change the collective awareness. How do we do that? by going back to the self as an individual and as a group. And we have done research on that. When a number of people practice transcendental meditation and its advanced techniques in a society, and we have reference, it's 1%. We know when we pass the chain and get to the actual response, 1% of a society practicing this transcending means 1% of the people calming down, going back to the self. They create an entrainment effect where the others also are feeling more peaceful. And this is how you get actually scientifically studied response of decrease in criminality, decrease in violation of law, decrease even in accidents of the roads, decrease in admissions to the hospitals. That sounds fantastic and out of this world. World, but it is real. It is real. Consciousness is real. Awakening one's consciousness and the collective consciousness is something real that creates the effect. And with more advanced techniques, actually, we have found that only the square root of 1% of a population in a society practicing these programs together create this effect, which we call in honor of the founder of this technique, Maharishi effect, that really is the effect that has been studied and published even in scientific journals and recognized scientific journals of great importance with peer reviews. And they show that this effect is there. And the publisher said, it is unusual, it is unexpected, but the science has been so accurate and it was done proactively and all of that, that we cannot refuse to publish it. So we use wisdom, but science also, and verify it in science, raise the collective consciousness, raise individual awareness, and we don't need to resort to violence. We find solutions that are growing, protective, supportive, progressive, at the same time in tune with the laws of the nation and the laws of society, and can really create peace in a scientific way. My background is actually as a journalist. So I spent 20 years in television and covering health as a health reporter as well. My master's degree was in mass communications. I'm a full disclosure getting my PhD at Maharishi International University. And my dissertation is actually on the effect of transcendental meditation on mental health. So I've read that study and many studies and it is in a very well-respected journal. Now, if you do go to VelagioDelaPace.org uh, after the session, or maybe you went there earlier 
and you sent in your email questions. And we did get those. So there is one from Francesca and she's asking about the environment um, between the fires in California, uh, some of the things that are happening in regard to nature. And she's asking two things. One, when we talk about peace and respect for nature, are we also referring to respect for animals? And if so, what do you think about tackling the mistreatment of animals? So if is there any panelists who would really like to answer that one? Dr. Nader, please do. <laughs> Yeah, there is a continuity in life. You know, when we talked about the unified field and we said it's the field of pure consciousness, we don't include only humans, but we include not only animals, but also the trees and including the mineral life of the planet, which means the water, the air, the whole aspect of environment is all interconnected. Everything is very, very deeply interconnected. And it becomes a question of appreciation. You know, there is a saying in the English, but it's also in other languages, that beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder, which means what you see also depends on your nervous system and how you filter things. We've talked and we've just heard beautiful comments from the Imam and from Ms. Asadi and from Italy also about the importance of communication, the importance of integration, the importance of different religions talking to each other. But when we look at the history of mankind, we find that even one religion, same religion, same teachers, there is different interpretation and different understanding. So therefore, the messages which are supposed to be absolute, which are supposed to be perfect, have different ways of being looked at, different interpretations, leading actually to wars and conflicts and issues and divisions, how many you know, sects and divisions are in each one big belief system and among themselves. And therefore, you know, it is a question of when you look at things, you look at them with what glasses? If you have yellow glasses, everything will look yellow. If you have green glasses, everything will look green. Red glasses, things will start looking red and you are fighting for it because you see red. That's all what you see. So you can talk to somebody and say, on an intellectual level, this is, has to be done. This is, this is the best way to do it. That's the best way to do it. And that's very important. This connectivity, this discussion, this intellectual analysis is very, very important. I'm not downgrading that or saying it's not important. What I feel is most important is the colored glasses that we are seeing and to recognize that we see things and filter them. Even scientifically, we know that. We know that our perception is different from what we are able to see on the physical level. Human nervous system can perceive only certain wavelengths of light, can hear certain wavelengths of sound, can analyze things from only certain perspectives. So our ability to see reality depends also on the filters that we have in our nervous system. And when we filter them through our nervous system, we get absolutely convinced that this is red because we have red glasses. This is yellow, the other person says. 
This is because they have yellow glasses. They will fight each other, not out of poor behavior or poor understanding, but simply because that's exactly what they see. They have prejudice. They have been prepared in a certain way. They have stresses. They have fears. They have expectations that are different and stresses that are different. So what we really need to do is remove these stresses and strains and difficulties in the nervous systems. And there are techniques to do that. You know, I'm talking about what we teach, what I teach, our program, but could be other techniques, the transcendental meditation technique and other techniques that removes the stresses from the nervous system, removes the strain and allow us to experience our true self. Thus comes the true identity, which we're talking about. If we talk about image of identity, it depends of so many factors that go on. As was beautifully said, it's not just the DNA, but the DNA itself can be allowed to express itself in a different way. And some things can be stopped, some can be activated. This is whole field of epigenetics and all of that. And in any case, the identity ultimately should be the identity of the self which means going back to the self and knowing that we as individuals ultimately are the same unified field that creates the entire universe, which means on the basis we have one field becomes fields of energy, fluctuations create elementary particles, elementary particles come together, they create molecules, molecules come together, they create the animals and the trees. But ultimately, all of these come from the same unified field, which is our self, which is our true inner being. By knowing that and experiencing that directly through transcending, we include in our awareness automatically the animals, the trees, the air, the water in a very deep level, on a very deep level of awareness, a deep level of deeper understanding than even the intellect. It's a level of being, a level of existing. And then we know everything is myself. Everything is one with me. I am unified. And then the differences are no more a threat to oneself because the differences are experienced to be real only on the surface. The depths of reality is oneness. And by knowing that, through experiencing that directly, then we have an automatic, a spontaneous, positive reaction towards others of all kinds of beliefs or religions or cultures, towards animals, towards trees, towards the environment, towards life at all. Because it's the life that is in our veins, it's the life that is in our cells, it's the life of awareness, deep being, that is the one aspect of reality that appears as being, being different in so many ways. So it's very important to talk about it, discuss it intellectually, think of identity, but ultimately knowing that we are the sap of the tree that becomes the flower, that becomes the stem, that becomes the leaves. It's the same sap that changes and transforms itself into so many other aspects. And if we know that individually and directly inside ourselves, our entire behavior, entire thinking, entire interpretation, 
interpretation of our beliefs and our system becomes clear. We remove the glasses and we see things in the proper way for the benefit of mankind and for true peace to happen. Something which all religions want, you know, in, in Islam, salam, assalamu alaikum. Of course, in Judaism, shalom. In Christianity, may peace be with you. In the ancient tradition, shanti, shanti, shanti. Everybody calls for that. And that peace can only happen when we are not afraid of the other. And how not to be afraid of the other? By knowing that the other is myself. And knowing it not only intellectually, knowing it on an experiential level, being that, experiencing that, living that, and then action spontaneously becomes in tune with everything, in tune with the laws of nature that construct the universe and maintain it in perfect order. Well, thank you. We have a few more questions coming up in the Q&A. I know we have another one for Asadi. We have one for the Imam in Rome, and we also uh, will have somebody who's going to ask a question live from Rome. Uh, Dr. Nader, while we have you with us on camera, we understand that you recently were in an event called Veda for World Peace with the special guest, the Minister of Education of India. And we have several students from Maharishi International University, which focuses on consciousness-based education. So this might be a time to just ask you, how do you see, well, for those who don't know what consciousness-based education is, how do you see that playing into the role of finding peace and maybe for some of these students to be able to rise to a higher level so that they can make a change in the world? Simply, it's really what we have been saying, and that is consciousness is the unified field of creation, the unified field of being. And consciousness-based education is an education that not only gives information, but opens the awareness of the student. So it is not just developing the individual as an information uh, computing machine, but as holistic individual that can have broad comprehension, develop the full potential of the brain, develop the full potential of the individual by developing their awareness, their consciousness. Because ultimately, as we said, you know, if you don't have consciousness or if your consciousness is clouded because you are tired, you are stressed, then you see the world through these filters. And therefore, even if the information is there, you're not able to enjoy it. You're not able to see it in the proper way. You are not able to channel it and make the right decisions. And if your awareness is clear, then you can see things in the most perfect way and the greatest way. You know, if you imagine life is like a movie that's going on, it's going on a screen. And if your screen is not clear enough, is not bright enough, doesn't have enough pixels, is dirty, then no matter how the movie goes or is how beautiful is the movie, it's going to be not seen properly. It's not going to be appreciated properly. So our consciousness is what allows us to experience things, and we can have different levels of consciousness, like we have deep sleep, dreaming state of consciousness where things are illusionary. We have waking state, and even in the waking state, we have different shades of clarity, different broadness of understanding, different ability to see things from different perspectives. Whereas if one is stressed and narrow in their perspective, then they only see the whole universe from one small perspective. That's what I call in one of my webinars, do not fixate, do not fixate on things. Do not become the object of small things that overtake you because then your awareness is very narrow 
You see the world only through that perception. Allow yourself to be broad vision, broad perspective. And there is a technique to do that. There is a technology of awareness, a technology of consciousness that you can really broaden your awareness and experience yourself and know yourself to be infinity. So consciousness-based education is that education that develops the individual full potential, broadening the awareness. And then the information, of course, is necessary. The education and talking about things, learning about practical things to do are necessary. But these themselves are understood better, explained better, used better, and used to the maximum benefit for the individual and for society. So we have a tendency also to say we want total knowledge in one brain, not just total knowledge in the whole universe or the whole world. And what this means is by knowing yourself to be the unified field, you actually are established in that level that allows you to think and act in a spontaneous way in the right direction. Thank you. So let's get right to the question. Thank you so much. Here we go. Yeah. So I'm Christine Engvig. I'm from Norway and I'm here in Rome today. I'm the leader of a big uh, women's organization called Women International Networking. And we work all over the world with women. And for the past 20 years, I've been working on this and I'm just seeing right now how the world is changing and how peace is also coming because of this. And there is also some frustration, of course. But what is going on, I think, when we, women and men, but particularly women now, are also saying no to unacceptable behavior. And then the, so this dance of our internal change, but this also uh, masses of uprising now of people who have been dominated and who are, you had the perpetrator, but are now saying, well, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you have the change. So I wanted also your comment on this, that sometimes we think about, okay, peace is like a, you know, yes, 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 and peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. But how also peace can come from a fact that I'm saying, no, this is no longer okay. Please, uh, a comment on that. Please. Yes, Dr. Nader. You know, there was a time when we lived in the jungle and the circumstances were different. If you believe in <laughs> evolution of Darwinism, whatever you believe in, it doesn't matter. It seems like that at least. And at that time, there were circumstances that made the protection of the children at the home and all that, and then the going out and fighting. So nature kind of led to a growth and evolution whereby muscles and strengths and all of that on the physical level were also very important, but also the maternal uh, care and all of that was important. So society evolved in a way like this, but we are today on a different level of social understanding and social importance and therefore the importance more is on intuition clarity of thinking ability to unify friendliness and you know that values that for the evolutionary power seem to have developed even more in the ladies and the women uh, aspect of our reality and therefore now they can be used in a fabulous way to create a more loving caring peaceful harmonious society while at the same time there is great intelligence uh, that is there that will actually Compete. So I see 
I see the rise of the woman part of our life uh, that exists everywhere. Every one of us has also the muscles and the feelings and the intuition, but some aspects have developed more and that kind of intelligence and even the mathematical intelligence and the you know, mechanical intelligence is also available. It's all, only a question of developing it. So what is really needed is, of course, to say no and no and to give the answers, but raise consciousness on the individual and for society so that the interpretation of what is better and not so good comes to clarity. And what will happen is men, you know, I'm saying men, women, you know, it could be of any neutral gender or whatever, all contributions to society, all are absolutely part of this beautiful diversity of nature. Then what is important is the success, the contribution, the ability to make things better. And I'm confident that as our societies grows, you know, there will be much more importance to given to the intelligence that is contributed by the women, the great women of the world. And as we see in the past, maybe because of muscles, their creativity or their contributions have been diminished or suppressed. But today, muscles, you know, don't help you as much. What we need is more intelligence of unifying, more intelligence of protecting nature, more intelligence of protecting life, more intelligence of friendliness, more intelligence of, you know, coordination and coherence, more intelligence, you know, in using digital systems and computers and unifying people, all kinds of intelligence. And this, I feel, women have in a wonderful way, and we look forward to see it used for a better, more peaceful world. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.